Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bankroll Burners, the podcast where two guys just can't stop getting it in bad. I'm Mike. And I'm Josh. And we're here, as always, to talk about a couple poker hands uh, from the past week that Josh and I have been playing to go through those hands and, you know, discuss how we might have played them better and uh, been less donkey like. And as you all as you all know, we always could have played them better. No doubt about that. That's for sure. Uh, all righty. Well, I uh, I think we can just get right into it this week. I've, I've got a couple of pretty, pretty interesting ones. Um, if that sounds good to you. Absolutely. Yeah, we're going back to the normal, normal, normal uh, layout this week. I think, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we're hoping to switch up the format a bit, add some new segments, have some new guests, you know, really keep things fresh for, for our listeners. But for now, let's uh, let's go back to our standard. Absolutely. So this first hand I have is from a pretty, um, pretty interesting online game, online session I was playing. Uh, and of course, our um, our sort of online home game type situation that we play in. And um, this is from a twenty five cent fifty cent hand, which had an optional one dollar straddle. And I was straddling. I happened to be um, th- this hand happened to be a straddled hand. Uh, I think about half the table was straddling, half wasn't. You you know, sometimes people just want to be nits and not turn on the straddle. But uh, well, and that's a great yeah, that's a great point. Maybe just to quickly note, you know, when people will always talk about oh straddling such minus EV, why would you straddle and put in more money involuntarily? But if people are straddling and you want to foster a more you know a bit more aggressive, bit more action in the environment, keeping the straddle up is a great way to do that, and especially you know in low stakes games where people are being you know, kind of nitty by default, getting adding a straddle and kind of encouraging people to do the same really can work wonders for the action in the game. I could not agree more or more strongly. Absolutely, straddling is excellent for the game. It really dials up the action. I mean, anything you can do for the game to dial up the action is a good idea, in my opinion. And and a lot of casinos can be very restrictive about what they'll allow you to do. I mean, some casinos will just be like, do whatever the heck you want, in which case, you know, play the seven deuce game, play the stand-up game, uh, do play bomb pots. But, you know, most casinos, even the most restrictive ones that won't let you do any of that other stuff, will still let you straddle. So you should straddle. It it, it dials up the action. And uh, plus, um, if you're if you have an edge in a game and you're confident you're playing a game where you have an edge, why wouldn't you want to double the stakes of the game? I mean, come on, you're just gonna make more money faster. Exactly. Yeah. You okay? You lose two big blinds sometimes. Big whoop. Exactly. But it, like, strat- the whole point of straddling is to get other people to do it as well. And and that was sort of you know was slowly creeping around this table. But but all right. So so this hand we're we're eight handed, um, and we're gonna be a hundred and fifteen dollars effective with the main villain. So you know we're a little over two hundred big blinds, but with the straddle, uh, we're just a little over a hundred big blinds, actually. Um, and this is a villain who Sorry, I, I thought you said. I thought you said one fifty. One fifteen. One fifteen. One fifteen. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Good, good clarification. Yeah, one fifteen. Uh, yeah, fifteen versus fifty is not a not something you want to be unclear about at a poker table. By the way, uh, I've had uh, that happen in the past. So um, verbal is uh, binding. Yeah, verbal is binding. So. All right, so we're 115 effective, and this is a villain I've played with in the past, but I don't really have particular reads on them. Um, I think that they're, 
I would say like having played with them more since this hand, they're sort of maybe a weak tight sort of archetype, but I, I don't really think I had that in mind at the time when playing this hand. So anyway, um, I go ahead and open the hijack uh, to $3 in this hand. It folds around to me in the hijack. I open to $3, you know, standard 3x open. And I have uh, five of hearts, five of clubs. And love it. We can even open, you know, as as you know, we can open a little lighter with some with more dead money out there. Just wanna. This is definitely an opening hand, opening position. Let's let's take it down. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Obviously, you know, if if I'm under the gun, or I guess in this case, under the gun plus one, and I have five five, you know, I might open it in a live game, uh, just where I know that it's a very passive table and no one's gonna three bet me. Uh, so I might open it up even in a situation like that. Uh, but in an online game and in a fairly aggressive room, certainly not a hand I want to be opening from early position, but from hijack, I'm happy to do it. Um, yep. If you would agree with that. Definitely. And uh, I do get called by the button. And then, sort of interestingly, this this villain, uh, the main villain in the hand, who's in the big blind, uh, folds to him, and he kicks it up to $10.50. In the big um, blind? So not closing the action. Not throwing. closing so the action. Okay. And this is sort of an, I mean, what do you think about that raise? Well, I think it's kind of small. I mean, I think uh, I think if you're in the big blind, you know, you're out of position. I think conventional wisdom would say, you know, 3x plus one, plus one for each caller plus another one for being out of position. So I would kind of expect a default three bet sizing here to be around $15. So this is a relatively small three bet, I would think, you know, I... Well, obviously, it's not a situation where if it was the straddle doing it, you'd kind of expect them to be a lot stronger because you'd, you'd, you'd think they're going to call a lot because they're closing the action. So in this particular case, kind of an interesting interesting choice by the big line. I think they could just be squeezing with a number of hands. But again, it's kind of a little small. So not, not what I would expect, I guess I'll say. Yeah, I, I was sort of like, huh. And, and it folds back to me, of course, and... So I've got a decision here where I've been three. I've, I've been squeezed holding a small pocket pair, um, and we are quite deep. I mean, typically they say uh, to call a raise to simply. You know, this is not talking about three bets though, but to simply call like a normal raise with a small pocket pair, uh, where you're trying to flop a set. You know, go into the set mine as they say. You usually want about at least 15 to 1 implied odds, meaning the amount of money you could win taking into account the effective stack is at least 15 times the bet you have to call. So I have to call uh, I, I have to call 750 here. So that means that I should be able to win at least um, what is that? That comes out to something like um, like 110, 112, something like that. Does that sound right, Josh? Yeah, I think it's I think it's almost I think it's pretty much it's almost exactly, you know, right around the cusp. Right. But it is a three bet. And of course, I've still got action behind me with the button. So but it, what do you think? I, I genuinely think the preflop here is pretty close. I mean, what would you do? What, what do you think I should do? As you know, I love pressing the call button. So I, I mean, I would probably wind up I would probably wind up calling. I mean, I you know, there, there, there obviously are some reverse implied odds since we have such a small pair. But if we call and the button calls behind, that is also giving us sort of more implied odds. Where you know, if if we hit and they miss, you know, we're making 
we have more money to win total. I, I don't hate a call here. I mean, we're in position against the three better, which is never bad. Um, also, you know, the 15x, you know, is really, you know, set mining. There, there are some situations where we can obviously win with this hand without making a set. You know, it's possible, for example, the big blind has ace king and like gives up. It's possible that we, we, you know, make a straight or a straight draw and have a good opportunity to bluff. So I, I'm kind of always on board when we're this deep with, with making the, the call here. I think that's fair, especially given it's such a small three bet. Um, yeah, if he bumps it up to 15, if he had gone to 15, I would have been happy to fold, I think. I agreed, 100%. I think it would be a, a, a bit of a spew to call a normal size three bet here. And um, I would also say that if the bit, if the if the player that still was left to act behind me was the initial raiser and so therefore was still uncapped and had the and had a high or like a somewhat likelihood of four betting, I think this should absolutely be folded. Um, would yep. you agree with that? Yep, I'm on board with that as well. But I think given that we're the raiser, you know, it's unlikely the button is gonna gonna put in another raise here. I'm I'm happy to call. Yep, and that is what I do, of course. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about the hand. So I do call, and thankfully the button folds. So we are going to. A flop heads up. And there's about uh, 25-ish in the pot? That's correct. There's $25 in the pot. Cool. And the flop is queen of diamonds, six of spades, deuce of hearts. So very disconnected, very dry. Yep. And of course, we have 5-5. Five, five. We do not make a set. And the villain does something fairly... I would almost be shocked if this didn't happen. I would almost be suspicious. The villain does continuation bet on this board. Uh, I think it's pretty much a mandatory continuation bet with your entire three betting range. Okay, um, what sizing are we looking at? Well, this is what's sort of odd. The villain takes a sizing of $15, which is about, you know, almost two-thirds pot. Um, and uh, I do elect a call here. Uh, I I think that it's very possible villain has entirely missed this board and I will have the best hand sometimes. I think, I, I think I, I don't know. I think folding is maybe okay, but I, I, I don't know. I didn't want to fold here. I, I, what do you feel? Well, you know, I would say when the villain sizes up like this, we can fold kind of more and more of our hands. Um, you know, and I'd almost, it's, it's one of these weird situations where like, it's so hard for us to improve. We don't have a flush draw. You know, we don't have a backdoor flush draw. We do have a back a backdoor straight draw, but it's bad. Like it's runner runner backdoor straight draw. So I think actually like these pocket pairs, if we're gonna be folding more hands to a fifteen dollar sizing versus if he had gone like eight dollars, I think that this is the sort of hand that we can fold. Like I would rather call with something like, like I don't know, ace deuce, where you know, we do have we we have more outs to improve. Or you know something with like a a, back, a double backdoor or something like that, like mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. seven eight seven eight suited with a backdoor flush draw. So so I I, I think that the, this is the hand if we're if we're gonna be calling less, fewer hands because of the sizing, this would be a hand to fold. But if you just want to keep calling with your whole range anyway, because you think that he's just not you know not betting not sizing correctly like not polarizing more as he's increasing his bet size and he's doing this with like all his ace kings ace jacks everything that missed then i think it's still a fine call okay those are really good points you know obviously if the villain is never you know isn't quote-unquote sizing properly anyway then we don't need to read too much into this sizing and i don't know i haven't i don't know that i've watched this villain at this point anyway i had watched the villain closely enough uh, I, I think playing with him since, I, I don't think his sizing is necessarily that telling. Uh, but at the time, I didn't know that. 
And I did, I was sort of eyebrow raised by the $15 bet size. Um, but that said, I also don't hate calling once and then, you know, folding to more aggression if, you know, because he, he obviously could have something like Ace King and then give up on future streets. So I don't, I don't hate calling once regardless. Yeah, I mean, call once, give up, you know, that is a part of our range. We do need some hands in that range. And, and five, five is certainly one. I'm going to fold to most turn cards if he bets again. And that is what I'm thinking. And that, that was what I was thinking in the moment. I do think folding here, given your point about, you know, increasing our folding range because of the sizing, I think that folding here is fine. But I, I didn't fold. Um, so I called. And so we are $55 in the middle here. And the turn is the nine of hearts. So we've got queen of diamonds, six of spades, deuce of hearts, nine of hearts. Okay. And the villain checks. And here's where I, 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 I checked back. Do you think that that's the right line here? Yeah, I mean, I, I do. I, I think that the most likely checks that villains making are hands like ace king that don't that have you know some sort of showdown value with ace high that we are quite ahead against and we're kind of happy to to um to kind of just see a free card you know i, I obviously there I, I know that there's some merit here to like doing a protection bet where he might call with a non-believing ace high but i don't think he's going to call that often i also don't think this is a board where he's going to be like checking back over like where he's going to be checking an over pair or ace queen or something like that definitely not right like the, maybe you know that one th one hand that i that i would say and kind of in that that's kind of fits with some of the live play and things that we've talked about before is a pocket pair like jacks or tens that's kind of a hand that i could see him having here where he bet big on the flop to see where he's at and now mm -hmm. he's kind of thinking wow he called my big bet he probably has a queen he's gonna check now with you know a second pair type holding but i don't i don't know that we're going to get him to fold that anyway because that's sort of we've talked about this before where you know i think we've talked about it on the podcast where live and and if if we're kind of treating this as sort of a live play you know they don't want it, they've checked to see they bet to see where they're at they check to see where they're at but even when you tell them that they're beat they don't want to fold the pair that's all really well put and and i do think like i do i do think we can rule out aces, kings, and ace, queen pretty much with this check, like almost always. Um, I also think that, of course, he doesn't have backdoor hearts because I really think that he would barrel on this card if he had picked up that flush draw there. So, but yeah, jacks, tens, certainly a possible hand, even nines. Oh, no, sorry, nines misses set here. So, jacks, tens. Um, and then, of course, ace, king is like the, or, or ace, jack, I would say, right? Or probably just, and, and probably just ace, jack suited given that he threw that. Um, I don't or some take, you know, discounting some amount of, of ace jack offsuit at least. So I, I think fives betting fives for protection here against ace king and ace jack isn't, I, I don't know. I mean, we could, you know, re, like fold out some of that equity there with making sort of a protection bet against those hands. But of course we are going to value own ourselves against, uh, tens and jacks. Um, but of course, we'll, we're very likely to see a free river if we if it goes if we go if it goes bet call. You know, it's almost, sorry if it goes check and then I bet and he calls. You know, the river is almost always going to go check check at that point. So it's not like we're going to get charged in another street uh, if we do value own ourselves a little bit here. Um, yep. So I don't know. I'm I'm happy to check back. I mean, I also just don't think there are that many bluffs on this board that we're 
like that that Ace King, a curious Ace King, would want to call. Like our calling the relatively large bet does just come off, you know, relatively strong on the flop. So I think I think that villain can find a fold a lot with Ace King and Ace Jack. Sure, sure, and that's fair. Um, Which means there's not much merit to the protection bet because we don't really want to be, you know, folding out. Although you you know it's one of those things where we might not get any money from them anyway if they don't improve. So I'm kind of okay with both. I'm good with I'm good with the check here. Okay, I mean this was sort of you know to me was pretty it. The river was really what really kind of put me in a blender, and so um, it does, so it goes check check on the turn, and the river is the ace of spade, uh, which is obviously very bad for us uh, because we've sort of narrowed villains' range to jacks, tens, ace jack, ace king. There's pretty much like the hands he can have. I mean, I guess there's random crap in there too, but that seems like the most likely suite of hands. So now, of course, ace king and ace jack make top pair. Um, and so I'm pretty much betting it like my hand is over the fold button, but then villain checks to me. And I'm like, well, this is interesting. Um, because a check here indicates probably quite a bit of, like it probably indicates showdown value, I have to think, um, but not very strong showdown value. Is that a fair interpretation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this definitely kind of weights his hands towards, like, jacks and tens. The one hand, you know, that I think he could have, although I, I do think he would be betting the turn a fair amount, is, like, kind of a weaker queen, like, maybe queen jack suited, queen ten suited, that might take this line where he right, he checks the turn for pot control, because you definitely do still have ace-queen, king-queen suited in your range as well. And then now he's betting the river because, like, a lot of your, your other you know, your hands also improved. So that's kind of the other, you know, I, I kind of see. He didn't get the river though. He, he checked. It. Right. But I, what I was going to say is I kind of see where this is going, where you might, you know, you, I, I see that, you know, there is some merit to maybe turning our hand into a bluff here, given that he's showing weakness. You know, I do think we can fold out a good amount of tens and jacks, but I don't know that we're going to get a fold from like those queen, jack, queen, 10 type of things. That's fair. Um, if you were going to, make a bluff here uh what sizing are you taking targeting those jackson tens types hands well i think i've got to go kind of on on the smaller side um you know there's not really there's not like i said there's not a ton of missed draws out there like us checking back the turn kind of indicates we don't necessarily have backdoor hearts or like some sort of combo draw like you know if we had like jack 10 of hearts or seven eight of hearts or something where we had the double backdoor on the flop you know i think we would have bet the turn if it checked to us when we picked up additional equity so i think we're you know we're kind of repping a thin value hand here you know that's kind of like ace x or a good queen or something like that sure like king queen well probably maybe king queen probably like uh ace five maybe you know ace five suited uh maybe ace ten something like exactly. that yep those types um. of hands yeah. Well, I mean, I really think I made a big error in this hand, which is I'm thinking like I have showdown value. Like I was looking at my fives. I was like, well, I have a pair. I have showdown value. But so I actually ended up checking back here. But I think that's just such a like I really thought about this hand a lot. And I was like, that is such a mistake because I just I if he's checking to me, like there's no way he's entirely missed this board as a three better. You know, there's no way, almost no way. I mean, I guess there's like King 10. Well, but, one one thing I would say here is when we're if you're betting something like ace five, you know, ace x suited, basically, 
if we look at, you know, the, I, I think that it's actually an okay check back because of the way the suits ran out, which is something that I've tried to think a bit more about, where there's only one suited ace that we can really have, and that's diamonds. Because I think, again, we'd sort of be betting the ace-x of hearts on the turn a lot, and we now can't have ace-x of spades. And we're not calling his big slot bet with, like, ace-five of clubs, right? Because that's just, like, literally raw ace-high with no backdoor equity. So there's just, like, not that many hands we're repping. Where, you know, if, if the villain thinks of... If the villain is a thinking player and thinks, well, we... He would have barreled ace-x of hearts if he had called with a backdoor and picked up the flush draw. He can't have ace-x of spades, so the only ace that really makes sense here, you know, other than maybe ace-queen, which is two pair and which we are calling calling three bets with, you know, there's there's not that much kind of the thin value that we're, that we're even repping looking at the board and the suits. That's interesting. That's an interesting point, and I hadn't thought about that. I will say, though, that Ace-10 is a hand that I probably do have, you know, I probably have three combos. Well, I probably, have, I guess, not really, actually. I probably only have two combos of Ace-10 suited. I do think Ace-10 of clubs calling on the flop. Not, I don't really think I would call with it, but I also don't think it's, like, out of the question that somebody might, I guess. Um, so he wouldn't necessarily rule it out. But, yeah, I mean, point being, looking at the suits, um, you're probably right that there aren't a lot of Aces I show up here with. And that's that's an interesting point. I mean... Is there some possibility that I'm repping like I maybe I go bigger and rep like a two pair hand like a six or a nine? Is that like and then I make a large river bet? Yeah, well, so let's think about that. So definitely, you know, ace queen, we can have every combo of ace queen suited and offsuit. Uh, well, I, think, it's, right? I think it's a bit suspicious that we would not bet the turn with that hand. That's a good that's a good point. That's a good point. So then ace deuce suited, we've got two combos. Ace-6 suited, we've got three combos. Ace-9 suited, we've got two combos. So so maybe, you know, we could we could kind of take a bigger bet and look for look for two pair. But honestly, I, I don't think, I just don't think this board has run out great for us to give us a, lot, a ton of value combos. So, so I'm okay with having some check give-ups here, you know, where a lot of the hands that we would want to be playing as bluffs, we would have actually started barreling the turn. So. Interesting. So. Okay, yeah, I, I see it. I kind of see all sides of this argument. I could see check giving up. I could see betting large. I could see betting small. I, I think I'm a little... I think I think betting large is probably a bit better because I think there actually is a lot... Uh, to your point, there's a lot more two-pair that we end up with here than than suited aces. And we might be able to fold out one of the, some of those queen-jack, queen-ten type hands with a larger bet. Well, kind of um, to my earlier point, I might just say this is why I would kind of fold the flop because we just have so many better hands that can run into a lot of these sort of two pairs or pick up a lot of equity on the turn, whereas pocket fives just really doesn't have a whole lot going for it, like no real way to improve. So that's kind of that, that might just be my, my my sort of check is just, hey, you know, maybe this is just a hand because of the sizing on the flop where we can just kind of toss this away and look for a better look for better hands that that are you know, better suited to, to barreling on, better suited, pun intended, to uh, to barreling on future streets. Yeah, well put. So I, I do think I kind of botched this hand. Anyway, it, it does go check, check. Villain has ace, jack of diamonds, which kind of surprised me, but obviously we lose. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's fine. I mean, if they run into ace and it goes, if they run into an ace and it goes check, check, that's like fine for us too, because he's probably not folding that ace. Yeah, that's right. So, I don't think a bluff would have worked here, but I, I also think I don't think Ace Jack is a hand he ends up with there a lot. I think he's probably betting that most of the time. So, 
All right. Okay. Well, nice answer. And I think that's, that's, you know, totally, I think it's fine. I think there are a lot of different directions that could have, could have gone. So interesting hand. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely was a thought provoking one for me, even though it wasn't, you know, there weren't a lot of fireworks, but it was pretty yep. thought provoking. Okay. Well, uh, well, I'll hop into my hand then. This sure. is kind of a fun, fun exercise in value, I would call it. Okay. So, so I'm playing one three at uh, at the Encore Boston Harbor as you know, my kind of my typical game. Um, I'm gonna we're gonna be three hundred dollars effective here, so it's it's about a hundred big blinds. Uh, I have done my best to cultivate a pretty aggressive image, which I which I often do. You know, just I mean, and and it's not hard at live one three games. If you just raise the proper range, then you're gonna come across as aggressive because most people are limping like eighty percent of those hands. That is so true and so hilarious. Like, I, I swear to God, people are like, these people, this player is so aggro. If you're like, well, I three bet, you know, ace, ace jack suited. It's like, this guy's insane. He's wild. So. I, and, and in this this particular hand is probably a good example where I, it's going to fold around to me in the cutoff. And I've got king of hearts, jack of diamonds, and I raise to 15. So, wow, look at this aggressive guy raising king jack offsuit from the cutoff. Yeah, in instead of limping, um, and then the uh, the big blind here is going to make the call. The big blind is uh, appears to be a pretty standard older dude, kind of a casual player. He's definitely you know calling a lot, playing playing very loose passive overall. And so there's going to be thirty bucks in the pot again. We're about three hundred effective to start the hand. The flop is now going to come: Ace of Clubs, Jack of Clubs, Deuce of Spades. Ace of clubs, jack of clubs, deuce of spades. You've got king of spades, jack king of hearts, jack of diamonds. So I've got red oh, wow. king totally jack off. King. <laughs> okay, okay. So I've got second pair here. Yeah. Uh, and he's going to check to me. All right. What do you What do you like here? Do you Do you kind of like c betting your whole range here? Do you like taking this hand, you know, putting it into sort of a checking back range with showdown value, but no ace, or what? What do you What do you like doing here? So it's ace, jack, deuce, right? Correct. I I think um, I think I would bet. I think this board's very favorable for us, and um, we can get called by a lot of worse hands. And uh, you know, if a if a queen rolls off, it could make things a little weird for us too. So I don't even mind you know folding out some random like queen high type of crap. Um, so you know those hands that aren't they're not going to give us any value, but they may later pick up some value. Uh, so I I love a bet here. I bet probably. $10, $15. Okay. Well, I wind up checking back. I, I, My kind of thinking here is actually, you know, players like this run and just play every single, like, every ace. They love aces. They love nothing more than aces. Uh, I'm fine kind of exploitatively checking back my showdown value and kind of evaluating on later streets. And my plan is, quite frankly, you know, if I, you know, I, 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 my plan is to hope to go for one or two streets of value on later streets if he winds up checking. I think that's totally fine, by the way. I mean, you know, we're all, like I said, we're only worried about like a queen rolling off. That's, that's not like a huge worry. So I, I don't think we our jack needs much protection. Um, I just mostly would bet this as kind of a range bet, you know, but I hear what you're saying. Well, like, hey, this player has a ton of aces in their range. Um, but I will say if a player is like super duper wide like that, you know, from the big blind, especially like. You know, they're just going to have a ton of air here and a ton of random pocket pairs, you know, random suited hands that might somehow want to see another card, you know, whatever. So That's it might true. stick around. So I, I don't know. I, I think I think checking is fine, though, because as you say, you have some showdown value. You can get value on later streets. 
So the, the so the turn is going to come uh, pretty much a, as close to a brick as it can come. So it's the four of diamonds. Okay. So, so we've got oh. ace of clubs, jack of clubs, deuce of spades, four of diamonds. Obviously, as you say, he might just be playing a ton of random suited cards. So, you know, three, five does come in. I'm not super worried about it. Uh, but, you know, just a, just yeah. a note. You know what? If he has three, five, he can have your money. Exactly. So, so he checks again. So at yeah. this point, you know, I, I am now like, you know, 100% sure I'm good. Not 100% because some players will just take the super passive line with, with ace-x. But I, I think I, I think I want to start putting in a plan of getting two streets of value starting here because I, this is kind of a strategy that I, I thought of, you know, kind of in the moment where I was thinking, you know, if I if I'm checking back the flop, I can quickly tell if he has an ace or not, because I think he'll be betting the ace on the turn a lot. And I don't think he'll give me credit for an ace because I checked back the flop. So, you know, it might look a lot like I'm just kind of starting to, to, to pile money in with some garbage to fold him out. Yeah. What, what do you think of that? I would, I 100% agree that, you know, you have a line that quote unquote looks fishy. So you might actually be able to size up your value bet here, which is, I believe, where this is going. Well, it's actually, I actually elect to, to kind of go a small sizing just to try and keep in like every pair he could possibly have. Like if he has like a random deuce, a random four. Pocket threes, mm -hmm. pocket fives, pocket sixes. I want all those to call me. So I, I actually fair. elect to. I actually elect to go go small here, about c bet sized. I kind of do what what they call a delayed c bet, and I went. I, I bet ten. Yeah, I think that's fine. I don't think you need this. I mean, I I think sizing up. There's uh, some danger of folding out some of those hands you're really looking to get called by anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that I think it's probably more. Uh, more proper to take a smaller sizing here. I think that is just better play. So I, I think you did it right. And and does he call? He pretty much snap calls. Nice. So I, you know, again, I'm kind of thinking, feeling pretty good about this. And and the river now comes the eight of spades. So okay. flush draw bricks. The board is ace jack deuce four eight. You know, fairly disconnected board. No straights really came in except for that three five. Oh, you know, he could have something like pocket eights here. But overall, again, I think that. I kind of want to keep the same strategy of going for a second street of thin value. What mm -hmm. do you think about that? I think that in live low stakes play, you absolutely should be doing this. I think if you were playing against competent players, I think that's uh, probably a mistake. I don't know that you're going to get paid that much. Uh, I think you might get bluffed off your hand too a decent amount. Um, that's a so great. That's a great point. And I, you know, I, I don't. I don't think that this hand is you know too exciting i would say in its totality but you know kind of a i i totally agree with you that you know going for a second small bet here is just going to scream weakness to a good player and so they're either like it's going to scream jack right and so they can they well, can either yeah. do a lot of check raising or just a lot of folding of any hand worse right and i mean like you absolutely do not want to get raised with this holding it's you know it's kind of a disaster you really aren't supposed to call you're not blocking anything you know you're not unblocking anything so it's just yeah you don't want to get raised here but this player is never going to raise you unless he has like the nuts and which unless case, he like turn unless he rivered an eight basically yeah it's like <laughs> rivered bogged eight uh, river to set of eights yeah and then you can i mean if this guy check raises you here you're i assume you're mucking his hand immediately oh it's i'm beating him as soon as he starts counting out chips my hand is joining the the muck um, but, but that's not what happens. He checks. I kind of carry on this thin two streets of value, bet 15. And he kind of laughs, looks at me, and uh, and flips his card, flips flips 15 bucks into the pot. 
Uh, I show my King Jack, and he shows me uh, pocket fives. Ha! Nice. So, again, not, it's, it's not the most exciting hand, but just kind of a, an interesting exploitative line that I thought, you know, kind of, kind of enjoyed being able to get two streets of value with, with second pair from, you know, and kind of leveraging the aggressive image of, of raising King Jack offsuit from the cutoff. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I like it. Uh, I mean, this is, I mean, this is a really sort of bread and butter low stakes hand. I mean, this is like, if you're wondering, like, how do I improve my 2-2 game? Uh, first of all, you shouldn't be listening to us. Uh, turn on any other podcast. But There's your first you mistake. Go watch Crush Live Poker. <laughs> Go watch, like, anything. But uh, if you are, for some reason, thinking that we might have some advice to give you, it would be uh, you will improve your win rate a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, when you make these thin river value bets, these sort of low, you know, one-third pot-esque bets on the river, uh, where there's there are better hands that will call you, but there's also a lot of worse hands that will call you, and and you make that extra money. Uh, it it really does it does wonders for your long term success rate uh, in in these games. Cool, yeah. So that's that that's that's the hand. It's uh, again, as you said, it's kind of a bread and butter low stakes hand. But just wanted to kind of walk walk y'all through some of our thinking when we make some of these like thin value bets and and get these people who just love to call to to call with hands that they really have no business calling a river with yeah absolutely uh, uh awesome good 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 selection so i've got a live hand too i don't only have an online hand this week i have a live hand um and this is from a a, a longer session i played uh this week a uh, a 12-hour session actually uh uh which is sort of good 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 length um definitely sufficiently exhausting but a lot of fun um and this is actually from uh this is at best bet orange park as a lot of my hands are um and this is we're back maybe four hours into the session here and we're actually five-handed our table is on the verge of breaking and, and it does break pretty shortly after this hand but uh our, we're, we're pretty it's a pretty short-handed table uh, what do you think about like live low stakes dynamics when short-handed do you have any like i feel like it's sort of a unique type of situation i don't know if you've have a lot of experience there, Doug. I, I have an okay amount of experience. I've definitely had that happen a lot recently. And I think the biggest thing is just, you know, correctly adjusting your raising range, where, like, you should be playing a lot more hands shorthanded, and people just don't adjust properly to that. You can take down so much dead money. You know, I would say you probably win... It's It's pretty straightforward to win more hands, but not necessarily, like, a lot of money. If that makes sense. Like, you can get a ton of folds preflop, a ton of folds on the flop with like C bets. People just aren't adjusting their like raising and calling to the extent that you should be when you're playing it like a five-handed game versus nine-handed. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I found. You really can open up that raising range, which for you aggro players out there, you know, it's a dream. Uh, you can just it's it's and it's also fun because you're you know you're splashing around the pot a little bit more. Uh, which everyone likes to do, and normally as a mistake, but in this case is not because you really are supposed to be playing a lot more hands when there's just not a lot of players around. And for you OMCs out there, that means you can try min-raising queens in addition to aces and kings. <laughs> let's, not, let's not get carried away here, Josh. Come on. <laughs> um, oh my god. I have I've there I played with an OMC for I think 11 of the 12 hours and um and how many times did he raise preflop? 5 and I think he I think he showed aces three of the times, and the other two times didn't show. Wow. 
<laughs> well, that does not surprise me at all. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He had Ace King once. Oh, my. Wow. He's really trying out this in these newfangled aggressive strategies. Yeah. Good for him, you know? Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, OMC is short for Old Man Coffee, uh, which is just a player type, which only, which is generally an older gentleman that will only raise aces and kings, but will also limp, like, pretty, limp fold pretty much, like, 90% of hands, but only raises aces and kings. Uh, and, um... Usually not a very hard player to stack if you can beat aces or kings. Yeah, they also you also they also get bonus points in the OMC community if they um if they kind of berate the dealers and show the dealers their hand as they fold. Like, oh come on, why couldn't you have given me something if they fold the seven three offsuit they limp called with? Absolutely. Yeah, the the um that is that's a proper conduct in the OMC in the OMC rule book. So of course you have to berate the dealer. No, this this guy was quite nice. He was quite a nice guy. No, just didn't 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 seem to like the action. So, um, anyway, uh, the OMC was actually, he was at this table. Uh, he was in the in this hand. Not not one of the players in the hand, really, but he was there. Um, so we're playing 2-2. We're $350 effective with the main villain in this hand. I'm in the small blind. Uh, and under the gun, who actually is the OMC, limps. Um, and, if, uh, you know, he's not going to stick around much. Um, I do, it, it, it folds to me, uh, in my, in the small blind, I opened a $15, which at this point is pretty standard over one limp at this point in the night, um, with ace of hearts, five of hearts, uh, the big blind calls and the, and the, um, the limper actually does make a, a call on the, on the, pre, in preflop. So, which, so, so we've got, I'm sorry, what's our, what's our effective stacks here? We're 350 effective with the main villain, who is not the OMC. Okay, so pretty pretty deep for this, because I think that the max buy-in in this 2-2 game is like 200 bucks, right? So you guys are pretty deep. Yeah, we're, we're fairly deep uh, um, for, for this game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, is there anything? I don't know that there's much to say about the preflop. I feel it's pretty standard. Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the, to the fun part. Yeah, so it's $45 in the pot. Flop is king of spades, seven of diamonds, deuce of spades. So we whiff completely. We have Entirely. a backdoor, a backdoor straight draw, I guess. Um, and these hands, I don't know if you feel the same way, but when I when I brick it uh, multi-way, um, where I have just like some kind of really junky equity, you know, like I have an overcard, and then maybe some like you know ambitious backdoor, like. I, I've, I like to, you know, when I'm multi-way out of, when I'm multi-way out of position, I do like to actually put these hands into my betting range. I, I do a lot of checking multi-way out of position. Um, but I like to put these hands into my betting range because I do not care if I get raised. I don't care, like, I'm my equity, I'm happy to fold away my equity if I get raised here. Um, but I also think that, you know, I can take a stab at the pot uh, and possibly just take it down, you know, um, just by, you know, if the flop kind of favors my range, of course, it needs to be a, a flop that favors my range, which this one does. Uh, so I do I do elect to bet here. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a reasonable um, strategy. I, I usually tend to, you know, especially in these low-stakes games, play a little bit more, you know, straightforward. I'm kind of playing my hand a little bit more, where, you know, I'd, I prefer to kind of check all the all the hands that are kind of junky and don't really connect and, and put more hands that... You know, do at least have some sort of equity, you know, whether it's ace five of diamonds, which has, you know, backdoor flush draw, um, 
whether it's you know ace five of spades that's kind of a you know a really good bluff and and i i try and actually pull I, I usually try and polarize a bit more out of position i mean sorry multi-way but but this specific board actually that's kind of more dry you know there's just the sort of the one flush draw out there i, I don't mind kind of betting a lot of hands just because there are so many hands that, that people are going to call with that just completely whiff and can't stand up to even one bet so i'm exactly. not i'm not against a small bet here yeah, and, and I will just say on the note of like ace five of diamonds, see, I might check that hand because I can comfortably check call with it. And um I I just I like to have some, you know, some hands that I can check call with that, you know, then maybe I can turn into bluffs on later streets. Uh versus like, you know, because ace five of diamonds has reasonable equity and if I bet it and, and you know get raised off of it, I think that's sort of a shame. I guess that's my line of thinking in, in these spots. And I think that's I think that's fine. It's, I think as long as I, I do like to try and balance my check call range a bit, then where I have some hands like you know king ten, king nine suited that I'm that I'm also check calling with and not not betting. I think that's a really good point to bring up. I would with those hands, I'm almost always check calling here. You know, kind of medium strength, marginal made hands. I do really like to put into my checking range uh, from from out of position multi way. So. Yeah, well, really, cool. really good point. Um, well, well, how much do you bet, and what's the rest of the action? So I bet $15 into $45, pretty, pretty standard sizing. Um, and the big blind, who is the main villain, does call, and the OMC folds. Shocker. If the OMC had called, by the way, I'm shutting this down and folding. Oh, he's got a king like 100% of the time. What's that? He's got a king like 100% of the time. He, he probably calls. has ace-king, if we're being real here. <laughs> That's um, a good point. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so I'm seafold, and we are now. It's now uh, thirty dollars. Um, so seventy-five in the pot, and I think we've got about three twenty left. If my my writing is correct. Uh, yes, that is that is right. Um, and um, yeah. So, so the turn is where things get interesting, and I think possibly where I make a mistake, although we'll see what you think about this. Um, the turn is, so it's $75, right? Yep. And the turn is the ace of clubs. Interesting card. Yep. So we're betting. I Absolutely. Think. We're betting for value. I like it. Uh, how much How much do you bet here in the $75? And oh, by the way, I'll say about villain. Villain is okay. Villain is not a bad player. Villain is capable of bluffing. I've seen Villain make some interesting moves. Capable of value betting. You know, not like a genius player. You know, pretty much an ABC type of guy. But, you know, he's got some He's got some heart in him. Well, you know, I, I actually like sizing up a bit here. And this is one sort of exploit that I've noticed kind of at live low stakes is that a lot of the time, if you turn or river a top pair type holding, you will get no credit for it. Especially when it's a card that fits your range, just because people will, especially when you kind of have that sort of aggressive image, people will just not not buy what you're selling. And so I I I wouldn't size up huge here because I think we have better hands that we can size up bigger with, you know, like Ace King, for example. Sure. Um, but I do, and, and with there being sort of a flush draw that that it's certainly possible the big blind can have. You know, I like kind of betting a little bit big and chart and charging those draws. So you know, maybe something around two thirds pot. Um, that's that's kind of what I what I like to do when I do sort of when I kind of turn top pair here. Okay, well actually that's exactly what I do. I bet fifty dollars, so maybe I so I, maybe I did it right. I, uh, I I don't know. In my head, I was like later on, I was like, man, you know, what I'm like. 
I guess I'm if I'm betting fifty, you know, I'm probably targeting like exactly a king, you know, because. Um, but I, or like yeah, of course, spades. I think will probably continue too. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe I can get calls from like some sevens if I go smaller. I don't know. Um, but uh, okay, but maybe I, I do think that you're right. You know, people don't give you credit, and you know, I'm not like my hand isn't amazing, but I don't know that you could really care, categorize it as thin value because it's going to be the best hand so often, like almost always. And yeah, well. Spot, and quick note about sort of expected value calculations. You know, I've I think I've I've done a bit of, of studying here, and you know, if if we if sizing down to like twenty five got us calls from some sevens, you know, I don't I don't really think that would actually be worth it because you know, I think that sevens compared to kings and spades are such a, a relatively small portion of his range, and so you know, betting betting half as much and getting calls from like you know, an, an extra like 25% of, of his hands is like not going to be worth it when you like look at the, you know, the the value we're getting. That's a really good point. That's a so really good I'm, point. So I'm, I'm good betting a little bit bigger just because there is like we're getting more money on average. Yeah. So, okay. So I guess, yeah, I, I guess I'm happy with it then. You, you've convinced me I'm happy with my play here. So I do bet $50 and the big blind calls. Okay. Um, well, that's good news that he didn't raise because if he raised, I'd be like vomiting. Yeah, it's not ideal. We don't really want to get raised with our hand. Um, so we are now, uh, we've now got 175 in the pot, and um, we're looking at remaining in our stacks about uh, two, 280, something like that. Yeah. And the river is the four of diamonds. So completes the, an unlikely straight in three, five. Oh, um, just like my hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't really think that's super relevant. I don't know. No, I agree. I um, I wasn't really sure how much more value there was to be had here. Uh, you know, I think if he has a king, I I don't know if I you know I may I might be able to go for some thin value versus a king. Um, but I also think that uh, if I check here, um. You know, I might get this guy might bluff. You know, you know he might fire a hundred into the pot that I can kind of kind of snap off. Um, and uh, you know, I think I, I I don't I don't know. Like I said, this player I I kind of think he knew a little bit what was up. I don't know that he's calling me down with a king uh, necessarily. I mean, he might he might. Um, okay, I I do think there's some value here to sort of a small bet. Like I do think here's a spot where we can kind of put in a small bet and get calls from from some kings. But I also don't don't hate checking. I mean, I do think he's gonna if he kind of is capable. You know, definitely a good spot where he might be he might bet miss spades. Um, the one other hand that I do think is in his range a decent amount of the time is our two pair combos like ace deuce and ace seven especially. You know, mm-hmm. ace x like ace x of spades is also in his range a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which does beat you most of the time. Sure. Um, so it's kind of one of these interesting spots where you know, not not to say that I'm I'm not a huge proponent of block betting. You know, obviously it does get you know it. We don't want to get like raised here when, when we bet. But like this this is a situation where maybe you know we can block bet. You know, where we're getting calls from kings and some. Some worse aces, um, but you know, I don't we're, know also... we're getting calls from worse aces. <laughs> well, ace three is like the one, I guess. Yeah, ace you know, three. ace three. We we might get calls from ace three. We're you know we're definitely getting called by all his aces, so we might value on ourselves a bit. 
but we might also get some value from Kings. So I think this is a pretty tricky spot, and I'm not. I'm honestly not sure what's you know sort of correct. Yeah, to, to, I mean, that's right. Like I was like, I was thinking about going for value. I was like, I feel like it's too thin. I feel like he has too many hands here that beat us that are just like random two pairs. That was really like. But I was like, but on the other hand, he also has a lot of like his hand is either prop. I think he, there's a small category of hands he has that are worse than ours and will call. And then there's a decent sized category of hands that are better than ours and a decent sized category of hands that missed and will likely bluff. Um, so I'm thinking that checking here is in order. That's kind of in the moment anyway. Yeah, that's that's a good point. I think that's a good way of, of sort of describing it. Um... So I'm 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 okay with that. I also think that you know he might check back some aces also, which means that you know if he's betting, he's already doing a little bit of polarization because he certainly might check back. You know the like a six, a seven, uh, not a seven because that's two pair, but like you know a six, a eight, a nine. You know if he's if he's reasonably if he's kind of a thinking player, he might actually put some of those hands into his checking range. Yeah, and we do lose to those hands. So right, exactly. So uh, so I'm I'm on board with the check here then because you know if he bets actually I'm more it's almost better for us because there's more you know we can we can kind of call pick off a lot of those missed draws that will be betting. Well, my plan doesn't my plan works badly. He shoves. He overbet shoves for two hundred seventy dollars into one hundred seventy five. Wow. Yeah. That's gross. I know. I was in the moment. I was like. Wow, like, wow, I did not see that coming. And I don't know if I like the play in theory, like just from a theoretical perspective, you know, overbetting implies that like he has some sort of nut capability here that we don't, which I don't really think is true. You know, I don't know that he has uh, that many more sets than we do, that much more to pair than we do. I, I just don't know that any of that's really the case. There's not really a straight possible. There's not a flush possible. So I, I don't really like overbetting here from a theoretical perspective on his part. Uh, that being said, uh, he did it, and it it certainly put me in the blender. So throw theory out the window. <laughs> well, you know, it's it, 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 I don't I do see your point. I think that as played, I actually do think he kind of has the the nut advantage. You know, obviously not pre flop, not sort of on the flop. But I think once you check the river, I actually do think he has. You know, if he has like a set of deuces here, for example, that he's decided mm -hmm. to slow play. You know, I, I think that he's pretty comfortable once you check the river that he's, you know, he, he probably thinks, yep, I have the best hand. I'm going to put the money in. You know, said, he, you're right. you know, I don't think I'm ever, I, I take back what I said that I have lots of sets here. I don't think I'm ever checking a set on the river. So you're right. You're right. He has an advantage. I take it back. So this is probably fine. This is probably fine. So it's one of these. And, and then this is a, like his sizing is just so polarizing. Like this, you know, we, we do unblock spades. So I think we just have to kind of look at the odds, look at what, what, percentage of better hands we have here you know that we can mm -hmm. call with you know because our hand is good in that it unblocks it unblocks spades which is great sure. um but we obviously have like you know ace king for example but like any two pair that unblocks spades is a really good is a much better candidate because sure. although i guess you probably be betting that a lot on the river but you know if we're ever checking two pair that's a better bluff catch because he might be doing this with some random two pair as you've said you know, not that I think that's necessarily good, but you know, that, might, that seems like a bit of an overplay to me. But if if he does do that, you know, I'd rather have at least a hand that beats some of his worst value. Yeah, I don't know. The only two pair type hand I think I'm checking on the river here would be like king seven suited, which there's only two combos of. So 
I don't know that two pair is a large portion of our range. What's that? Right, and it doesn't even beat that much, is what I said. King seven yeah. like wouldn't beat any of his aces up, for example. And you're right, you're probably not checking ace king here. So no, I'm not checking ace king. I'm not really checking any aces up. I don't think on the river. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like, what better hands do we have to call here with? I mean, that's sort of how I wanted to think about this hand. Like, we have. A bunch. We have a, a bunch of stronger aces. I mean, we do have a six. We. I mean, I'm opening any suited ace, obviously, over a limb from the small blind in a five-handed game. So, you know, we have uh, a six, ace eight, um, and uh, you know, ace nine, whatever. You know, let me let me maybe. I, I mean, I would say those are not really better hands, quote unquote, because I don't think he's doing this with like eight. Like, I don't think he's spazzing and turning top pair into a bluff. Like sure. so, I I actually think Ace Five is like a good one because like it does kind of discount the pos discount the three five if he like somehow you know has like three five of spades and just like backs into you know the nuts. So we're blocking the like very unlikely nuts. Right. Yeah, like maybe that's yeah. maybe that winds up being better because we're none of the hands we have here once we check are really going to be blocking sets. But at this, like sure. I don't know, maybe like maybe once we check, we just kind of never want to call a jam because it's just because the the odds are so bad right i mean it's like something like no we're never taking this line with that hand i was gonna say like like, like some kind of middle pair where we're blocking but we're never betting the turn with that hand so ah oh, man you know this is, a this is a tough spot and i, I mm -hmm. might almost say since we're out of position like it is live poker when he jams river like i almost want to you know, I, when, when we get to this position and play it this way where we check the river, you know, which we're just not, like, our, our range, it feels like our checking range on the river is just so, you know, unbalanced towards hands. And then the price is just so bad that, yeah. you know, I almost just want to just want to fold, like, always when he does this. Yeah, I mean, what is a definitively better hand to call with? Let's ask that question. Is there, like, a definitively better hand... I mean, God, we're even unblocking um, the backdoor suit with this hand, you know? It's yeah, the, the only one is that I would say is like ace, is like is like aces or kings. Like if you decided to check the river as a trap to like pick off a bluff because you weigh him heavily towards spades, that's like a better hand, right? If we decided yeah. to trap and then he winds up just jamming and we're like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll call this because he's probably jamming a worse set. Right, yep. That's okay, but that, yeah, but that is a very small part of our range. Right. So I actually think like this might be a call. I don't know. But I, you know, to, to the point, it's yeah, it's just such a bad price. Like maybe he's, if he's doing, if he's ever bluffing with Miss Spades, then I think, you know, we can probably call here. But may, maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe we just kind of only call when we're, when we're like doing this trapping. This is a tough spot and not something I'm, you know, not something I feel comfortable saying anything definitive about, honestly. Yeah, poker is hard. Yeah. Anyway, I fold after okay. a long tank, and he okay. very proudly, very quickly flips over five six of spades. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. Like you know, like I said, if I mean, if he like, I would definitely. I think I would wind up folding. Also, I think mm -hmm. I think to your point, you know, if we're not like tr trying to trap aces and kings here, which I generally think trapping is a bad idea in, in live poker. So I do think this is like the best hand to call with, but that said, I might still be folding. 
especially unknown, and if he hasn't shown a bluff before, I'm probably just folding all my hands. Here. Oh yeah, I mean, if this was a random, if this was a completely unknown quantity player, I'm I'm folding here. But right. because I knew he was capable, I was wondering, like, I was wondering, like, man, should this be a call? But and I think maybe it is. But I mean, I don't know. I probably shouldn't lose sleep over this one. But boy, was it a tough one. No, honestly, well played by him. Yeah, very well you know, played. That's by kind him. of the way very to think well about it. Yeah, honestly, very impressed. Um. Anyway, we need to move along here. So let's do our final hand, Jeff. All right, let's do it. So, uh, so in this hand, uh, it's still the one-three game uh, at Encore. We're sitting a little bit deeper at this point. The effective stack is six hundred with the main villain. Um, this is going to be an unusual pot for us, and you'll see why in a moment. So, uh, under the gun two, who is uh, I would say is playing relatively tight. Uh, he's going to be the main villain in this hand. Um, he. You know, he's kind of, he, he hasn't played a whole lot, but he's also been away from the table a lot, so I haven't gotten to see him play a, a bunch. He <laughs> he limps. Okay. I am in the low jack with 4-4, four, four, four of clubs, four of hearts, and I elect to uh, to limp along as well here, given that the people behind me are, are pretty pretty passive, and I, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of preflop raising going on. How, how do you feel about sort of over-limping from, you know, kind of middle position? I like it. I do, honestly. Like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't even hate doing this in a game where players are sort of know what's up. Uh, I, I don't even mind doing it sometimes then uh, where if you're quite, you, you know, like um, you can get away with it sometimes. I mean, obviously, this is something you make a habit out of. It's terrible. But, you know, you do it once in a while and you mix in some sort of more interesting hands that can call it. Uh, a raise, you know. I don't. I mean, even, I mean, depending on the stack depths of the player who would, you know, quote unquote, squeeze you here, you might be able to call anyway. Um, but you know, because you are quite deep, um, I, I don't. I don't think it's a problem. I think you should do it uh, for the most part in these, in these, especially in these passive games. I think you should be, you know, going into the set mine with these small pocket pairs when you can. Cool. So that's what I do. I limp along, and then the hijack is going to limp, and then the big blind is going to check his options. So only four players, but it is a limped pot, which I don't think we, we actually talk about a lot here, because you and I tend to raise our interesting hands. Yep, definitely. I mean, limping is bad 99% of the time. <laughs> so the flop now is going to come out uh, quite favorable for us. It's going to be jack of hearts, eight of hearts, four of spades. We do have the four of hearts. We've got four of hearts, four of clubs, and we flopped bottom set on the, uh, on this board in a limped pot. Great. Wonderful situation for us. Wow, then Josh, big... I can't believe you didn't raise pre-flop when, when, when you were going to hit your set. That's my mistake. Uh, so big blind checks, and the, uh, the under-the-gun plus two player, the first limper, uh, is going to put in a bet here. He's going to bet eight, which is just about a little over half pot into the pot of 13. Okay. And it's uh, now it's now it's on me. There's um, two players behind me, and uh, one player is just bet. What do you what do you like doing here? Well, can I just say like this sizing is such a crack up for me. Like people try to like get cute with their sizing in limited pots. Just like bet ten dollars. Come on, man. Like you yeah. know, it's it's not meaning. It's not like you're really showing a ton of strength by betting ten dollars. There's like no money in the pot. But yep. uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, I think you need to raise here. That's what I think. Cool. That's that's what I do. What do you think about sizing? Uh, so we've got Jack. Sorry, remind me of the board against Jack eight four. Eight. Is that right? Yep. And there's two hearts. Yeah. Uh, I think that you can raise, and I don't um think you need to go particularly huge. I'd probably make it like thirty. I think. Um, because I think that you would actually raise a lot of like, um, 
you know, you might you might do a bit of raising. I'm trying to think if there's like thin value raises you might make on this flop, and like possibly with like you know King Jack, which isn't a hand that you might necessarily have here, but is a hand that someone could have, and he might think you just have like a you know a decent Jack, and then you're you're repping a decent Jack. So I, I think you can. You know, I think this is a board where someone can have some thin value raises, so you might just make it kind of smaller. Uh, I don't know that you need to super polarize here necessarily, but I, I don't, I mean, I don't hate it if that's what you decided to do. No, I actually do agree with kind of going small. I also think sometimes I can actually get like multi multiple players to call once in a while. Sure. Where like, you know, people yeah. with a piece of a board. So I go to 25, which is about okay. a raise of about two thirds pot. Um, sure. And uh, it it does act, uh, and actually the big blind does go ahead and call, and uh, and then the better calls as well. Nice. So we've got, yeah, it's a good, great spot for me. Uh, you know, I think they can have you know a ton of flush draws, uh, some flush draws. I do have the four of hearts, which is nice because it does kind of block that sort of combo pair and flush draw combo that like someone could easily have like ace four of hearts, five four of hearts, that sort of thing. Um, okay. But you know, there's still flush draws. There's lots of jacks. Some two pairs, you know, jack eight's definitely possible. Honestly, eight four suited. Possible. Sure. And the big blind can obviously have anything, so any sort of two pair combo. Yeah. Uh, but the turn is going to come out not the cleanest turn. It's the three of hearts. Hmm. Uh, it checks to me, and I think I, I have to keep betting here. I mean, obviously, there are some flushes in people's range, but, you know, I, I don't think I can give up at, at this point. Yeah, I, I think you, you definitely. Um bet here i actually think you bet call here a lot too i don't even think you fold if you get raised because you have first of all you have outs to a full house second of all um you know someone could be doing this with the ace of hearts someone could have also made some random two pair i mean like this is a limp pot like someone could have jack three you know yeah, and, yeah. you know so um uh, yeah i i think that you can bet call here pretty comfortably and i mean um, in terms of sizing, I mean, so what there, there's now like 85 like, in the pot, 85 in the pot. You said you started 600 effective. I mean, to get all the money in, it's going to be pretty hard to get all the money in. Um, I mean, it's a limp pot, so I don't think, yeah. I don't think we are going to get all the money in most yeah, of the so, time, but I, I don't know that I like polarizing here, to be honest with you. I don't think it no, makes a ton I, of sense. I think you I agree. want to go like, <sighs> Maybe two-thirds-ish-ish? That's kind of what I'm thinking. And I, I like to even go... I actually like to go pretty small here just because it is such... You know, it is such a nut-changing card. You know, there are a lot of... Like, you know, there is a flush out there, which I do not have. I don't think I... You know, I agree that polarizing kind of, you know, isn't right here with a set. It's kind of a weird move. So I, I actually bet 35, which I, I kind of do think is a little bit too small. I think um, it is too small. I, I really do, because I think that there are so many worse hands than yours that will call a bigger bet than that. Like, that's like totally... so many of them. Like, like so many jacks, you know? Yeah, like, that's a good point. And, games. you know, I, I do think I could go bigger on this street, and then, you know, those those hands are probably going to fold a lot on the river, kind of regardless of sizing. So so going big kind of makes some sense. Yeah. Or going big yeah. here and small on the river or something. But anyway, so the the, the big plan is going to fold, and, and the, uh, the, the other player, the undergun plus two player, is going to put in a raise here to 105, and I, uh, I'm generally in agreement with you. You know, you already said, you know, bet call. I think especially to kind of this raise sizing, this is not, you know, this is not a huge raise sizing. This is like, you know, his call makes it, 
makes it like 160 and then he's raising 70 on top of that so like he's this is only a raise for like under half pot so i think i kind of have to call with with my implied odds even if he does have a flush you know i'm i'm pretty well positioned yeah yeah you got a lot of you got a lot of boat outs so I, yeah i think you just call um what are you doing if he, what are you doing if the river bricks and he checks i think i've got a bet if if the river bricks and he checks because, you know, I think he might have something like, you know, a two pair that's confident, but kind of is worried after I call that I have a flush, but will kind of tank call me anyway. Okay. Are you, would you take a large sizing in that event? I don't know. I think I'd probably, I think I, I think I would. I think I would kind of take a large sizing. I think I can kind of, I think this is a concept that I heard talked about on a different show recently, like depolarization, where, you know, if you're pretty sure that they don't have the nuts, that you can bet kind of big and, and they might call you, you know, you can bet big with a wider variety of hands because they're kind of the effective nuts. Yeah, I think that's, I, I agree 100%. I think if you, if this goes, if you call here and then he checks river on a brick, you have, I think you bet quite large and you probably get paid. So, um, so I do call and the pot's now around 300. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got about 465 left in the stack and the river yeah. does roll off a brick. It's the deuce of clubs. Okay, that is brick. I mean, I guess Ace Five gets there. Yeah, if, if he has Ace Five with the Ace of Hearts, he has made a uh, he has made a straight. That's <laughs> which that's... is, I think, a hand that like thinking players will have here. I don't know if like random live low stakes players have that hand here, but um... but he does not give up at this point. He is going to put in a bet of one twenty five. Huh, one twenty five into three hundred. Yeah. And, and, you know, as they say, you know, especially with sort of these sort of players who might not be thinking about the game a ton, sometimes it is more about the absolute value of the raise or of the bet. And it is kind of, you know, anything over 100 is often seen as like, wow, that's a big bet when people yeah. aren't thinking necessarily about how much is in the pot. Yeah. That being said, I'm calling here. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, <laughs> I the, the one thing that I would kind of maybe think about and that I thought a lot about after the hand is the distribution of the board where this is not the big blind, where if the big blind does this, I think I'm always supposed to call because he can literally have any two pair. Like, you know, he could he could have eight, four offsuit, right? Because he's in the big yeah, blind yeah. and he checked. I think that, you know, this is not a great board because there aren't a whole lot of two pairs that the that this guy, like this guy was like second to act or third mm -hmm. to act and he sure. limped, which means he's not going to have like, Super duper junky two pairs. Most he, of the, the only one he should really have is Jack Eight. Right. So, so this is actually an interesting. Like, you know, what what is he bluffing with here? Is he bluffing with you know the naked Ace of Hearts, and does he have any worse value that he's taking this line with? Do you think he's doing this with Jack Eight? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I think he's doing this. I think most players would. Uh, I also think. I mean, the sizing is pretty similar to the previous street sizing, which can sometimes be a tell for, like, not that strong of a hand. Although, uh, I'm trying not to read into that too, too much. Yeah. Uh, with the bet, with the sizing, being, with the absolute sizing being so large. 5-6 uh, here is missed, right? No, 5-6. The 5-6 is a straight. I'm sorry. 5-6 is a straight. But is he doing uh, this with 5-6? Like, I, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that he's calling a raise on the flop, raising the turn, you know, when I'm showing that much strength and the flush comes in. I'm... I I'm, I don't necessarily think he has he has five six here. I believe you. Yeah, I believe yeah. you that he doesn't. Um, so he's either value owning himself with Jack Eight, uh, which you're right. Sometimes he would check on the river. I mean, I think a lot of players would bet it, but some people would yeah. check. It. Um, 
And so he's not value owning himself very much here. So the question of like, is he bluffing? And like, if so, does his bluff just contain the naked ace of hearts? Uh, I also think you might be missing a few bluffs here, quote unquote bluffs, which are like pocket eights type, or not pocket eights, but pocket sevens, maybe pocket nines, um, hands that like people, or, or sixes, um, that people would limp, limp preflop with and then kind of uh, raise, uh, a kind of a spaz raise and then a spaz bet. I mean, I've definitely seen it with those types of holdings. I mean, usually it's only one street, not two, but I have seen it for two streets. I mean, if you think, I mean, you're getting, I mean, you're getting like almost four to one. Like if you think this guy is ever just like spazzing, I think you have to call. Yeah, and that's what I kind of do is I think, wow, the sizing is so small. I just like, you know, I just, in, you know, in hindsight, I think this this would be an easier call. And just why I think it's an interesting hand is since there are so few two pairs, I think it makes I think it makes it a more difficult call, you sure. know, versus if if the board was like you know jack eight four and then it in addition to the flush it ran out like a ten and a king or something, you know, right. we're like oh he's gonna have a bunch more two pairs, right? Just and now so it's like awesome now it's like a snap call, right? As is I wound up tank calling. He shows ace nine of hearts, which does make sense. Yeah. Um, but you know I totally I do agree with you that that he does have some number of spazzes in his range. He can have jack eight. He also has a lot of ace X of hearts, so maybe it's just like a shrug call, lose a lot of the time, but because we, we got laid such incredible odds, we just have to call there. And once yeah. in a while he's he's making it he's value owning or spazzing. I mean if you think about like this is just sort of a normal low stakes player, like you versus normal low stakes player calling here one like will you win one out of four times? I think the answer is absolutely yes. Yeah, it's true. And I have seen people do like, like, yeah, I've run into situations where the board looks like this, you know, and they show, uh, like, I don't know, eight, five offsuit. And it's like, what are you, you know? Yeah. So, okay. So cool. Yeah, I, I'm on, I wound up making the call and losing, but I, I wasn't too, you know, upset with it. I, I just sort of think, thought it was interesting because of that sort of, you know, two pair thing. What, what better hands or what worse hands does he have? But I agree that that kind of wasn't, I think maybe I was giving him too much credit of not, you know, in my head of, of not having random spazzes, but that live players do when they limp. Yeah, absolutely. And so, no, I, mean, I think, I think you are right. Like it is a really important thing. Like if he had bet, like, what if he bet like 200, right? I mean, then you're in the, then you really do. Like, I think if it, it, I think if he bets 200 here, you know, or 250, that kind of range, and the board is, you know, Jack 10, has like Jack 10 King, as you said, I think it's still a call, but on the board texture, I mean, you talk me into a fold there if if, if he's bets at the, if he bets chunkier. So I think you right. make an excellent point, and I think if the bet had been larger, you know, I think you do fold. So. Well, cool. Well, that's that's the hand, and I think that's uh, that's all the hands we have. Again, you know, to, to our listeners, I, I think we're, we're both hoping that over the next few episodes, going to try and introduce some some new segments beyond just the hand histories. You're adding some new guests and, and trying to keep things fresh and, and new. Uh, so hope you hope you guys enjoy that and y'all can can really look forward to it. Yeah, and let us know what you think in the comments, uh, of course, of how we played the hands. Uh, and uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Uh, you know, it's it's it really feels good. You know, when you see that light counter go up, it's like, yep, we did it, Josh. We did it. What I mean, what do you play poker for if not the dopamine rush of being right? That's that, the same thing. That is a perfect note to end on. Have a <laughs> have a good night, everybody.